morning everybody this is Mike and if you are here you probably know this is driving theology uh, I'm on my way to work it is a <clears throat> drizzly rainy wet and chilly morning here toward the end of January what is today today is I don't know January 25th or 26th I don't even remember what day is today 26th, January 26th. And I've got one more week <clears throat> of my university classes, one more week of finals to administer. Uh, and this time of year is always interesting. Um, a lot of stuff piles up in January. So you, you, have, a, you have a two week or more vacation at the end of the year and into January and then bang right into basically two weeks and finals so you know wrapping up the whole year of classes or the whole semester of classes uh, as the case may be and then and then you got more than two months of nothing until class starts again in April <coughs> and the new year the new school year begins in April so that's kind of where we are right now just trying to wrap up the semester and then once the semester's wrapped up there's all kinds of busy work of you know grades and uh, you know wrapping up attendance stuff and uh, getting all the documents in for next year redoing all the syllabi uh, and all that stuff and that's kind of where we're at and, and it <clears throat> kind of makes for a pretty stressful um, pretty sp stressful January January, February, I'd say, for sure. Uh, and then, to boot, I've got a couple other things that are kind of uh, in the wings. One, one of which is I've got to do my yearly, um, yearly lecture. This is my third year to give it <coughs> at Ibaraki University, which is another university. It's a state university here in, well, the prefectural university, I guess is the best way to say it. But... Anyway, I give the lecture, I started in 2000, early 2020, and um, that was face-to-face. -face. It was right as rumors of COVID were kind of, you know, floating around, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, and then just as, uh, just before, you know, we, we shut down and went to masks and all that from from March of that year. So last year was online, and so this year is gonna be online again, um, which is in a way less stressful, in a way more stressful, it just depends, you know. If I do it face-to-face, -face, I've got an hour plus drive to get down to the college, well, about an hour, no, no more than an hour, but an hour there, an hour back, basically, depending on traffic. Um, you know, and getting set up in a new room and, you know, all of the stuff that goes along with being in a physical space. Online is simpler in that respect. I guess the classroom is just ready to go on your computer. Barring technical difficulties, which, you know, in the last couple of years, we've, I've gotten pretty good at setting that stuff up and getting that all up and running and it hasn't been too much of a problem. Let me turn down my heater. Sorry, it just kicks in. <clears throat> yeah, sorry for the extra noise here today because of the, the rain and the cold, but, but you know, 
Somehow my recorder does a good job of noise, noise cancellation. Not too much of it gets through, it seems like. Captures more voice than anything else. At least that usually seems to be the case. Good thing about today is I got off a little early, so I'm not going to be as rushed, which is great. <coughs> yeah, figuring out what to talk about. Man, so last night I got a, a, a message from... Uh, Adam Carlson. Adam is a, a friend of mine, and he's been a lot, a lot more than a friend in, in many ways. He's been kind of a second father to two of my daughters who uh, homestayed with him in Tokyo while they went to school, and so they've been a, a pretty big part of uh, my daughters' lives. And we've you know seen them many times over the years, and they've come up to Ibaraki to visit us two or three times. Really great family. Adam grew up as a, a MK, missionary's kid here in Japan, and his parents, I think, just recently returned to America uh, to uh, retire, um, but he and his wife and his three kids, <coughs> sorry, check that, four kids, they were pregnant when, they, when we saw them a couple months ago, and she has since delivered. Uh, their four kids live in the Tokyo area, and uh, so it's great to see them from time to time. Uh, Adam and I share share some things uh, in common. Uh, one of the things that we have a Scottish heritage, which is neither really here nor there, but it's kind of fun. Uh, he he is interested in that, and so am I. Um, and he's uh, an athlete, and I'm interested in sports. Uh, he's he's a wrestling coach, and, and I think he's done soccer and other things like that. He's he's a He's actually a CrossFit certified trainer, I believe. So he's he's a big muscle muscle guy. I, I don't really, uh, I'm not able to do much of that, uh, but uh, I I can appreciate it and uh, appreciate where he's coming from. Uh, and then another thing would be we're both coffee fanatics. We love our coffee. In fact, I was going to do a coffee check this morning. I'm drinking a latte, which is very rare. Uh, made myself a latte on the way out because we have a new espresso machine in my family. That's how uh, that's how uh, serious our coffee addiction has gotten. Uh, my wife and I decided to give each other an espresso machine, so we have gifted. Uh, I guess I get half and she gets half, <laughs> so we can make uh, espresso in the morning, which is great. Espresso and lattes. Work on our latte art and all that stuff, which I'm horrible at, but really would like to get better at. <clears throat> So, uh, yeah, so that's what I'm drinking this morning. And this is uh, some competition. Uh, this is competition practice batch of a Brazil bean. And I can't remember the specific one that Saya roasted with his team uh, in preparation for the competition they did end of last year. And Saya took second place. So we're using that for our espresso because they had a lot of that left over. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's, that's uh, my coffee look. So Adam and I share a love of coffee. <clears throat> and uh, so we have, we have a lot to talk about. The other thing, and, and this is what the message was about, is we, we have a, a deep passion for seeing American Christians released from the cult that is American Christianity. And by that I mean that American Christianity has 
become so intertwined with nationalism and patriotism that uh, they really become one in the same that to be an American is to be Christian and if you're Christian you you, you should be American and vice versa right uh, and and they don't see they don't see a problem with their um, love and passion for their country um, they don't see that 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 gets in the way with the 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 gospel of Jesus and and that there are there are inconsistencies between Jesus's gospel and the gospel that is Americanism or American Christianity and and both Adam and I uh, have somehow by the grace uh, of Jesus I'm sure been released from that I I'm sure I was more into it than Adam was Adam being raised mostly in Japan as a missionary's kid um, but <clears throat> it's it's a really really big problem and it, it's not like it you can just let it go because it affects it affects everybody and one of the reasons is that American Christianity or Americanism is the visual manifestation of Christianity in the world it's it's the the most visual it's it's the one that's in most people's face so when the people who perhaps don't know Christ wonder what Christianity is they are um, hit by a barrage of images and videos of of Americans carrying American flags and saying Jesus saves and Jesus loves you uh, and even carrying the Confederate flag and and there 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 is a a real problem when something when something boasts of being of Christ but is really antithetical to Christ is really anti-Christ uh, and and it's difficult to be released from this hold that it can have on you and I, I'm not sure I'm completely released for, from it I, I try to be but you know there, there are things that sometimes creep up you know I was I was raised and reared and, and deep in that uh, mindset I would say for probably at least 30 years of my life and I don't know why why I was chosen to be released from that I'm not, or chosen maybe isn't the right word I'm not sure what the I'm not a naturally skeptical person I wasn't but I think I've become more so I think I've become more skeptical right and somehow uh, that skepticism allowed me to see better what Americanism really is and what it is is, is anti-Christ I don't mean it's the anti-Christ <clears throat> not saying it's not either I don't know I, I don't really buy into a lot of the theological uh, a lot of the theologies that use those words are really eschatologies but um, it is at least as an adjective anti-Christ it's, it's, it's against the, the message of love your enemies pray for those who persecute you uh, go the extra mile turn the other cheek, right? Uh, love one another as I have loved you, right? 
The world will know you are mine if you love one another, right? That's how we are identified as belonging to Christ, by the way that we love. Um, God is love, and if you don't love, you don't know Christ, right? I'm paraphrasing a lot of these scriptures, right? Love is patient, love is kind, love is not self-serving, love is self-controlled, right? Um, if you don't know all of these scriptures, you can probably do a little reference and they'll pop up. That was 1 Corinthians 13, uh, and I've quoted some, some 1 John and different stuff. But anyway, Christ and the way of Christ is about love and not about death. Uh, it's about acceptance and not about um, antagonism, right? Uh, it's about forgiveness, uh, not about um, prosecution, right? So <clears throat> the agenda of America and Americanism uh, to me is pagan. It's pagan. It's pagan in nature. It claims to be of Christ, but it's actually simply a, a, a pagan, uh, a pagan religion that really uh, is also known as empire, right? That that whoever is the biggest man on the block makes the rules, and therefore whatever the biggest man on the block does is right, right? Might makes right. That's that's this. Uh, philosophical kind of a statement, right? Whoever has been the most powerful in the past has made the rules, and their rules are are final and absolute. And unless you're strong enough to oppose them, you cannot change those rules, right? Uh, so, America in the world does not look like Christ. What America does in the world and the way that America is in the world is not as Christ is in the world. It's antithetical to Christ. But the problem is, a lot of the people who are caught up in this Americanism, this American religion, read the Bible in such a, from such a lens, from such a hermeneutic, that, that they, they see what they want to see. So, for example... Uh, we want to destroy our enemies. Therefore, in Revelation, the image of, of Christ on a horse with the blood all over his robe and a sword coming out of his mouth. Well, we're going to read that in a way that says Jesus is eventually going to destroy his enemies. And who's to say we're not a wing of that, that we're not his, his um, instrument to destroy the enemies of Christ. Right? So, if you, whatever lens, whatever perspective you come from, that's how you are going to read the Bible. And you will bend it to your will. And you will make God in your image. And America has made God into the image of Uncle Sam. That's basically what's happened. Uh, and so I think Adam and I both have a passion for seeing people released from that, that, that that's, a, that's a kind of um, blindfold that's been pulled over people's eyes. 
right? That they've been blinded to the fact um, that that Christ is more than America. That that he's you know he America is not playing on Christ's team, for example. And I wouldn't say any country is specifically, right? Uh, and I think that's that's also where, you know, what we're trying to figure out is how, how can we be in countries and belong to countries, but at the same time belong to the kingdom of God. And this, this tension between the two um, can't really be resolved very well. I don't think it's, I don't think it's easily resolved. Uh, and I think if you try to resolve it, if you try to make it all work together, then what happens is uh, you you destroy the gospel. You destroy the message of Christ. Um, and in so doing, you blind people to the real Christ. So if you're going to try to make your country fit into the gospel message, right? If you're going to try to make everybody happy and, and please everybody in the process, you, you're going to, you, you might, um, <clears throat> you might be able to exalt your country, but you're certainly going to bring down the gospel. Uh, the gospel is completely other than, right? Christ is other than um, what your country is doing. We are called into a new country to be citizens uh, of a new government, uh, to have a one and only Lord, the true Son of God, not Caesar, uh, and uh, not Charlemagne, uh, not uh, not Joe Biden, not Donald Trump. Christ uh, is meant to be our uh, our only king, right? Um, now, of course, there, you know, something has to happen. You, you have to figure out how to live in this world while living in that world as well. You have to somehow figure out how to live in two kingdoms. But, you know, I think, I think the way you work that out is you, you have to have, you have to have a principle. And that principle must be, no matter what I do in this worldly kingdom that I belong to, Sorry, I need to take this call. Hello? No, I did not feed the dogs. Okay. All right, thank you. Have a good day. Bye. That was my daughter, Kiara. So, see, where was I? So, the, the way that you work out how to exist in two worlds, right? And you do. Everybody does. Whether they know it or not, we do, right? Some of us exist perhaps in more worlds than that. But the way that you work that out, I think, is the ball game. And what you can't do is you can't diminish Christ just to make your existence in your earthly kingdom more palatable, the wrong way to say that whatever you do you can't 
<clears throat> you shouldn't, right? Uh, we shouldn't compromise Jesus's message of love and forgiveness uh, just so we can be better citizens of America. And that's exactly what's happened, right? And you see it everywhere. You, it's really easy to see the people who have who who are trying to remain good Americans uh, in the face of this um, tension, this dissonance with the message of Christ. Use the Old Testament a whole lot, right? They talk about the Ten Commandments. Uh, they 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 talk about a lot of the uh, more violent passages in the Old Testament and you know, how. God was involved in genocide and stuff, and they, they read it in a certain way, and, and they don't really talk about love your enemies, right? That, that's not something that comes up much. And if it does, <clears throat> if it does, right, if the message of Christ does come across their minds, then it's probably something like, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll bend it. <clears throat> Yes, love your enemies, um, but my enemies are oppressing their own people. So we want to free those people so that they can love Christ too. So if we kill the government, we're actually loving our enemies, uh, and just we're just doing something that people have always done, right? War. It's not wrong to, to kill a soldier. It's wrong to kill a citizen. So, you know, uh, what's that word? A... Uh, you have soldiers and you have civilians, right? So it's wrong to kill a civilian. It's okay to kill a soldier. That's just how governments work. That's how the world works. Uh, that's even how God works in the Old Testament. So killing soldiers in battle is not is not wrong. It's not sinful. The, the sinful part is why you do it. So as long as you you want to free the you know citizens of that country to, so that they can worship God as you do. Uh, then it's just a necessary evil and and God doesn't mind if you kill people in battle and blah 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 right well it's just what you're doing is saying that the end justifies the means right that, that's an old ethical conundrum that's been there forever right anybody uh, with with any goodness in them at all knows that that's that's a problem Right? That's a conundrum. That's something that can't be reconciled. It, you're going to have to choose to do wrong so that you can do right. But there are people, and I try to be one of those people. I'm Not always, but there are people who would say, no, doing right is right. Doing wrong is wrong. You can't do wrong. You can't do right by doing wrong. Right? Two wrongs don't make a right. Right? Is another way that that's said sometimes. And so... <clears throat> wrong, one wrong doesn't make a right either. Um, and that's why revenge is is antithetical to Christ, right? The idea of revenge is two wrongs make a right, which it just doesn't. It's not true. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we, we were talking about... <clears throat> about these things last night with Adam on Facebook, just messaging a little bit back and forth. And so, yeah, the, the, the good thing is, be, having been in Japan, I think that's one of the reasons I was released uh, from a lot of the uh, uh, 
cult of America, right? I think getting outside of it and seeing how other people view it was an eye-opener to me. I was surprised. Like, you know, when you live in America, and I, and I lived in the heartland of America. I, I've always lived, you know, not on the coasts where there might be some uh, more radical people. I was in the heartland, Missouri, Oklahoma. Uh, New Mexico is kind of that to some extent, but Missouri and Oklahoma for the most part of my life. And, and there what you're taught is uh, America is a force for good in the world. America has always done good. Everything we do, we do for other people. We don't do anything out of selfish ambition. So World War II uh, was just all about us, um, you know, wanting to help the people of Britain and France, for example. Um, Vietnam uh, had nothing to do with politics uh, and, and our stand against communism. It was just about, you know, us trying to help the people of Vietnam. They wanted us there. They called us there. They asked for our help, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and then you have the Gulf Wars. You know, that had nothing to do with oil. Uh, it had nothing to do with the religious war. Uh, it was just all about, uh, you know, us trying to help people be released from a tyrant, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, history has proven all of this false, right? And it continues to do so. It doesn't mean that it's not important what what the citizens believed was happening. It's important um, what what the uh, the leaders saw they were doing it for. And then they have to hoodwink the population, right? And tell them, well, we're doing it for this reason or that reason. And all through the Gulf Wars, I, my stance was kind of like, well, you know, if, yeah, they did that. And so we're, we're just kind of policing, right? We're, 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 we are the policemen for international law. And in that way, I think it's okay. Like we can, we can go in and stop them from doing bad things as long as it's more of a policing action and not a, you know, for the for America action, right? As long as it's it's we're not trying to get some advantage for our country or whatever. But over time, you know, I I've seen that all violence all violence is wrong. All violence is against Christ. Uh, Christ despises violence, and 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 he despises the gains uh, that we get by violent or the threat of violence uh, violent the threat of violence uh, by those means right those gains that we may get through violence and the threat of violence uh, are antithetical to Christ he doesn't think they were worth it <clears throat> it's one thing to be the victim of violence good can be done through being the victim of violence. That's what the cross taught us, right? By, by not fighting against violence, but allowing violence to overcome you. That's the Christ way. And that, and that seems nuts to the way of the world, right? That's just suicide. But that's how Christ instituted all of this. He didn't, didn't resist violence. He embraced it. He embraced the violence done to him. He took it, he absorbed it, and he absolved it. In absorbing it, he, he alone could absolve it, right? 
<clears throat> and I, I've talked at length about how I think you know Christ forgives sin and why and why He's able to do so, um, and and what that means for us. And I don't want to get too deep into that. Uh, but just in case you're tuning in for the first time, uh, I believe from the minute we were born every human being on earth that's ever lived from the minute they were born they were forgiven of their sins I think I think God knew that we would sin before he before he made us he knew we would sin and therefore God made us to sin right that sin somehow right the the ability to go away from the mind and the heart of God somehow fits into his plan and, and he absolves us of that, uh, not just to show power over us, right? He absolves us of our sins because somehow, in some fashion, sin is doing something in us. It's, it's, it's maturing us. It's bringing us somewhere. And I'm not going to say that sin is good because too much damage is done by sin in the world. On some level, us having the ability to choose between good and bad actions is doing something to us, right? It, it's, it's taking us to a certain place, and we, we can't know the mind of God completely. And I agree with that. I don't think we'll ever completely know the mind of God, but I, I think we can completely know uh, the the character of God and I think that's why that's why Christ came why Christ revealed to us the absolute final revelation of the character of God and that is that he's the God who would die on a cross for us to make a statement to us sorry just having some of that latte it's not going to stay hot forever by the time I finish with my classes <clears throat> No sorry. Yeah, if 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 you are an American and you are trying to follow Christ, um, I have a challenge for you. Uh, you might want to sit down and make a list of all the things that you believe to be true make a list of, of things that you believe are absolutely true and then take that list and hold it up to the person of Jesus uh, and anything anything that doesn't agree with who Jesus is as revealed uh, in the Gospels and in light of the Gospels as revealed in the Epistles and the Old Testament Lord, I will say this, that there are depictions of God in the Old Testament that are not in line with who Jesus is and Jesus, what Jesus thinks and who, you know, what Jesus, uh, Jesus' character. So I think you have to start with the Gospels, and I've said this many times before. But anyway, take your beliefs, hold them up, and and anything that, anything that kind of doesn't, doesn't, uh, 
doesn't gel with the person of Christ, the person that we find in, in the Gospels, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You need to hold at the very least very lightly, and maybe you need to let them go altogether. <clears throat> you might want to let them go altogether. Um, it may take time to do this. It may take prayer. It probably should take um, somebody who's beyond you in the, in the faith to sit down with you and to pray over these things. Um, you can do this in a group. You can do this individually. But, but you're going to be surprised how many things that you believe to be true are actually what America has told you needs to be true for America to be America. And they're actually, uh, they're actually anti-Christ, anti-Christian, anti-anti-love. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was good uh, chatting with Adam. He's been reading this book called. Uh, I think it's called Letters from Babylon by Brian Zahn, and I've talked about that book before. It's a great book about about this very subject. I had suggested suggested that Adam read that book, and so he's been reading it, and, and that's why he um, messaged me last night um, to to just say how much it, you know how surprised he was by the book. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if he's finished with it or not. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think he's going to... I like the path that Adam's on. I guess I'll say that. All right, well, I'm going to leave it there today. <clears throat> uh, man, I, I, I pray that people everywhere are released from whatever bonds uh, they are under and, and are able to, to have the easy and light yoke of Christ only on them. Um, that's my prayer for you. That's I hope that's your prayer for me. Because uh, there are things that try to bind us and hold us down. And one of them is Americanism. And it might be just, uh, you know, Chineseism. Or Chinaism. Chi- Chinaism. <laughs> or Russiaism. Or whatever uh, whatever country you live in. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with loving the people in your country. Right? Uh, there's something with... Loving your country so much that you <coughs> put it on an equal footing with Christ. Christ must be supreme, uh, or he's not at all. Maybe that's too big of a statement. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm just gonna leave it there. I might rethink that one, but uh, yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for listening always. And uh, by the way, we. Past finally, twenty thousand views, and uh, I don't know. I still think maybe there's some bots out there that are uh, somehow listening to my podcast for reasons that I know not. Um, I'm not purposely doing that. I haven't signed up for anything like that, so I don't know what that is. Uh, but but hey, if uh, if I've gotten a thousand plays or a hundred plays. Uh, or 20,000 plays. Uh, I just hope that I'm saying stuff that is uh, valuable to you. 
All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye-bye.